be shift boss. Okay, radio check. Yeah, radio's working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. Did a tear in the vent bag. Yeah, stitch her up there, thanks, mate. Yeah, right, eh? Copy that. Right, we're in for another episode of Channel More News with some uh, new providers, you'd say. They're uh, preparing to take on the big dogs at Precision as the number one uh, mining <laughs> news provider. In, uh, and we're, as we referred to them before, the sardine and the artichoke, Steve and Lucas. Welcome, lads. How are we? Very well, thanks, Matt. We're at uh, Hello, Matty. I'm well. Corporate Story Time headquarters, and we are going to bring you all the hot goss in the mining markets. We're going to talk about a few stocks for your clients, what's been happening. Um, I've got some mail that there's a bit of hot goss in the Subiaco West Perth region. <laughs> the shutdown of a famous premises. Please elaborate. Black Tom's Black. served its last drinks on Ord Street in West Perth, the regular haunt for many mining identities over the last 20 years or so. Um, uh, uh, many a, uh, a pint's been uh, consumed by... <laughs> Um, you know, uh, diggers and dealers in, in that spot. Uh, and, yeah, for um, unknown reasons, they've they've decided to pull down the shutters and call it a day. I think whoever the proprietors were have probably just got a bit tired of um, uh, of, of serving drinks to uh, that set and decided that there might be other better things to do. Or maybe they've noticed a lot of people around that neighbourhood making a lot more money, you know, going kicking rocks. So uh, And they're shit tippers. Yeah, yeah, something like that. All the rich ones are the biggest tight asses too. That's 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 why. <laughs> but hey, speaking of the precision guys, we're hearing that they're um, uh, getting in the lycra, and the lycra doesn't leave a lot to the imagination. And, and jumping um, in the saddle and riding their um, road bikes down to Mandurah and back this weekend for the for the Macca ride. So good on them. Good luck to them. Good luck. And apparently, um, one Anthony or Tony Kenny bought a new Malvern Star just for the event as well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Indy 500. <laughs> but I reckon I'd reckon be chucked a photo of himself in the Lycra up there. His LinkedIn followers will be well up from the 14 he said he had the other day. So. Well, he did get through to me to ask to donate. So uh, oh, yeah, he's he, not too bad. Yeah, right. Oh, very good. Right. Shout out, boys. Hope he's. Uh, yeah, make sure you unclick your feet as you fall over. <laughs> yeah. So you can go to shit a bit with yeah. those road bikes. Right, I might as well get into it. So we are going to, we've got a little bit to cover. We're going to go over uh, GME Resources at a non-binding offtake MOU signed with Stellantis for uh, a bit of battery metal supply. Uh, we've got Lunnan, LMate, Cambout and Nickel Project, uh, Aurelia Minerals raising, reported to be raising $60 million in the AFR, which are, uh, did not happen. Bit of media speculation, so a bit to bit to unpack there. And we've got coups in West Africa with Burkina Faso with West African resources. Uh, business as usual, they reckon. De Grey, we mentioned the other day, De Grey raising 130 million for a capital raise. And have a chat about a couple of new clients for the corporate story time uh, folks. So let's get into it. First off the cap. First cab off the rank, sorry. JME Resources. Non-binding offtake memorandum of understanding with Stellantis. And now to give a bit of context that I've found out today, Stellantis, who I did not know existed, own a lot of car companies. Uh, Alfa Romeo, Chrysler, Citroen, Dodge, Fiat, Jeep, Maserati. That's, Ram, that's your that's your kind of 
Peugeot. Brand, isn't it, Maserati, Matt? The, they'd probably got some shares in the AU Falcon as well, I'm sure, <laughs> and many others. So massive, massive company. And the MOU is for the supply of- Nickel and cobalt. Battery-grade nickel and cobalt. Yeah. So, right, who wants to take it away? Yeah, well, they um, GMA, who I, I confess I didn't know a lot about until I saw this announcement yesterday, um, uh, owners of the Nye West Nickel Project, which is um, a laterite nickel project quite close to Moran Moran. Um, people might remember Moran Moran as the asset that um, Andrew Forrest first sort of made his name in the corporate Doctor. world around. Doctor. A.O. And well, um, that was with Poseidon. Anaconda. Huh? Anaconda. It was called sorry. Anaconda, yeah. 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 And anyway, that, it, laterite nickel projects are tough, you know, but- you know, Murramurran is one of two assets in Western Australia that demonstrate that it can it can be done. It can be done profitably. The other's down in Ravensthorpe, which yeah. is an area Steve knows a bit about. Yep, down where Medallion are, yep. which is uh, speaking of Dr. Andrew Forrest recently uh, pegged some land down there in Ravensthorpe, so he's certainly interested having in having a sniff. Yeah. Mm. And he's the man you need for something like this because, as you said, nickel laterite, very high capital intensity, yeah, which is they, what they're Yeah, but they got it up for. off the ground. That was sort of 20-odd mm. years ago, I suppose, maybe more than 20 years ago. Well, they had a little hiccup. Yeah, they had, they had a hiccup that saw, you know, um, Andrew having to sort of dust himself off before he rebuilt himself again. But, um, you know, the, it's now owned by Glencore. Um, and it's a it's a it's a big project now. The GME project is twenty kilometres away from from Murramurran. Um, they need a, a, a they've got a big ticket capex sort of number on their 2. project. Two point one billion. One one point two or two point one or whatever. It's a it's a it's it's in the billions anyway. It's got to be. Oh, no, no, sorry, that's the post tax. Um, that's the MPV. Two point one billion. So it's good for yeah. them to have you know a relationship with a car group. You know, and you hear more and more about these automotive groups that are getting mm. into the EV space, needing to invest, you know, in, into the- Lion Town. Into forward. the, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you've got, you know, um, BHP Nickel West, not to be confused with this Nye West project. Yeah, that's what the, another, and we've talked about confusing names and then- I <laughs> know, oh, this one's so confusing. Yeah, and we've got another confusing name coming up later that I'll, uh, yeah. I'll bring up too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, my bad. Well, well BHP Nickel West have, have, have done a deal with Tesla uh, yeah. to supply mm. nickel to Tesla, and they've also done a deal with Ford. Yeah. So the the car companies realise that one of the, the the big sort of impediments to rolling out this EV revolution is getting access to the raw materials, mm. and so doing a deal like this, which is a non-binding MOU, but it 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 indicates the intention of the automotive companies mm. to actually get into the the um, upstream, I suppose. So. Yeah, looking looking at the numbers, sorry, my bad. It was one point two six billion pre production capital. So twenty seven year mine loss, a massive, massive big mine for two point four million ton per annum. So um yeah, but the same thing, same as everyone else is they they'd be searching for who's gonna fund it. Yeah. Um proximity to Murrin Murrin with Glencore, if you if you take a stab at this, like who is th would this be something that Glencore could be interested in in funding due to the proximity? Um, yeah, quite possibly. Or where where would it come from? Do you think? Well, I mean, I think you, that you need to do deals with big corporates like Stellantis and and others, I suppose, to um, underwrite the 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 demand for the for the product that the um, mine's going to generate or that the the, the project will generate. 
Um, and and it may be coming from from those corporates. You know, they they may be entering into you know, down the track. This MOU might turn into a you know a, a binding um, yeah. offtake. I think with Liontown, Ford have done a deal where not only have they got the offtake, but they've also provided a line of credit or yeah, a, a debt facility yeah, of three hundred million for yeah. them to mm. construct the. So I think with Stellantis, when the offtake agreement. It, it, there would be a number of financiers who'd be uh, queuing up to get involved. Yeah. Because what are their options with um, with the offtake? Are they is there options of um, claiming equity in the projects for funding as well for the well, actual? If, if they're asking the company companies? to commit to the offtake, the company may well be in their rights to say, "Yeah, well, that that's fine, but mm. uh, how are you going to help us to to fund this project so that you can get the mm. the product that you need?" Fast track it. For your batteries i think yeah. what it just validates is there is and as we're seeing lots of publications being put out by various um research houses and so forth the demand for these battery metals is far outweighing the projects that are coming online mm. so there is a squeeze to get to that you know that um uptake of the commodity um so there's a lot of these groups who are prepared to pay probably a premium to to get that supply and we to lock in the supply, and it's the and it's the fight. It's the fight for all the capital as well, because you got um, well, you got GME, and then you got well, not sort of close as R Day's Kalgoorlie nickel project. Yeah. So that's the same thing. They're massive deposit, but just another the, nickel laterite deposit no, and of, that, of scale. Nickel, yeah, that require a lot of um, requires a lot of capital to yeah. get off the ground, or someone to put the capital in. Yeah, um, but you know, it's that. Double-edged sword, isn't it? Because it's the you need the market to be going off to to um, give them a reason to invest. But then there's the time frame of like you can't just turn the turn no. the plan on and build it. No, it's big. Within, it's, big like it's a big, big capital plant. is a big yeah. plan to build. And it's not going to be done overnight. Yeah, so. I, I suppose at this point I'll just I'll just point out a, a few things that are relevant to some of the companies that we deal with that you know can be you know there's a, a a reasonable kind of comparison to what GME are up to. Um, Stellantis has obviously got a number of different European um, car brands under its umbrella. Um, Alfa Romeo, Citroen, Fiat, Maserati, Peugeot. Um, sort of probably worth pointing out that Infinity Lithium Corporation, which is a company that we've been working with for some time, have um, uh, basically own 75% of the second largest hard rock lithium deposit in the EU um, and are looking to build a conversion facility adjacent to that deposit, which is in the Extremadura region of Spain. Mm. Um, and yet th th they are looking at a 26-year project to produce battery-grade uh, lithium hydroxide, uh, which goes into the long-range um, uh, lithium-ion batteries um, with high nickel content. Um, so, what, what's a conversion facility, if you don't mind me asking? A conversion facility is taking the raw material that that is extracted from mining operation. In this case, it's going to be um, an underground mining um, uh, operation that is going to have uh, a low kind of disturbance at, at ground level. So, hopefully, the local community will will will, will really view it as being an industrial project rather than a mining project, which is what it truly is. And they are looking to convert that that ore into a battery grade lithium chemical that can go straight into a, a battery assembly plant, basically. Yep. So there's essentially so it's a high grade that. product. Okay. So they're doing. They're not 
exporting, say, a they're not six exporting six percent spodge man. They're doing it all on site. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Cutting out the middleman. Yep. 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 So it goes from being you know a a relatively low um, value um, direct shipping product concentrate as yep. as spodge man is to being you know a battery grade chemical that at the moment is fetching you know. I think north of seventy thousand US a ton. Now, the um, uh, d- scoping study that that um, Infinity did and about this time last year only um, sort of modelled seventeen thousand dollars US a ton for this product. So that's what's happened in that space of time to battery grade lithium chemicals due to this overwhelming sort of tsunami of demand from the automotive industry primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, for 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 battery grade um, lithium ion battery chemicals. So where is that project at in terms of um, development and getting to that point it's, where they would be producing that? It's in the permitting phase at the moment. Um, the the company's um, you know deeply engaged with the local community to develop the social license, I suppose, that they require mm-hmm. to progress the project, uh, and they're and they're. They're really, I think, in the process of winning hearts and minds. And once they have certainty on that permitting pathway, and there are several different avenues that they can take to actually get a satisfactory outcome for the project, um, they will be getting into a, a definitive feasibility study sort of process. Yeah. Well, what's the mining landscape like in Spain? I know Sandfire got the copper, proj- copper project in Spain. Like, is it um, yeah, com- it's not, a, it's not a, comparable to Western a, Australia, a, I'm sure. But I, I've a, never been to Spain, so yeah. it's hard for me to. Oh, um, not a bad excuse for a holiday to yeah. go check out the mining in Spain. <laughs> but I think it's a, it's a, it's an interesting place. There are, there are parts of the, of the country that are very much pro-business. I think the north of the country is pro-business. I think sort of the west of the country is really um, – tourism sort of orientated and then the south of the country which is where um around where the matzah deposit is that you talked about that sandfire have acquired recently is 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 quite open to um to the resources industry but i think where it's fair to say where infinity is um there is you know some community sort of pushback and the the idea of australian companies coming in and digging big holes in the ground just isn't going to fly um yeah, that's that's why the narrative for Infinity really is 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 really about demonstrating to the local people that this is an industrial, this is a high value industrial project that happens to be located next door to the source of the ore. So, so change, changing the narrative a bit to yeah to suit yeah. the uh, perception. And and then I suppose the other the other thing with respect to um, this Stellantis deal with GME that relates to companies that we work with is is London Metals. Um, so London's got the Cambalda Nickel Project, which was the one I was interested. The KNP, which is a J, is which is the same as uh, acronym as Ardea used for the Kalgoorlie Nickel Project. Uh, yeah, 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 that's <laughs> right. That's bringing a couple unstuck too. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, um, and that, that's sensational location, like right there, um, Silver Lake Fisher Project, right adjacent yeah. to Beta Hunt, right in the in the heart, heart of Cambalda. Yeah. yeah, and 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 these guys have made. Um, a fantastic discovery uh, over the course of the last, I don't know, ten months. Um, really, since the sort of around Christmas time last year, they they made a discovery which is now called Baker, and that has the potential to be a very um, high value, uh, shallow mining proposition for for London. 
Um, and they will um, most likely, it's, you know, they have options, but the Cambalda, um, the, the BHP Nickel West Cambalda uh, Nickel Concentrator um, is, is the likely sort of home for that all where it could be upgraded. Uh, so BHP will you know, buy third party sources of, of, of ore. Um, BHP no longer have any sort of mining operations in, Cam, in and around Cambalda, um, but they are buying um, ore that's produced by Mincor, which is you know, a, a, very much a neighbor of, of um, Lunnan's. Yep. Um, particularly now that they've acquired those two assets that you talked about, Fisher and Silver Lake. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that the fact that BHP, Nickel West, as we, as we mentioned, have done deals with Tesla and Ford just indicates how far down the chain or up the chain these automotive companies are willing to go um, to make sure that they've got the supply of the raw materials that they desperately need. So the Baker resource, 568,000 tonne at uh, 2.8%. So nickel, which is pretty bloody good grade these days, is that, um, and that's pretty shallow line. It's shallow, it? it's shallow, and it's not only that, it's 300 metres away from an old open pit that was mined by Western Mining. So all these assets around Cambalda are ex-Western Mining. Yep. BHP then uh, took over Western Mining, um, and these assets ended up in... The, the Baker, you know, where where, where Baker is now, um, it, we're part of Goldfields. Now, Goldfields concentrated quite reasonably on the St. Ives gold production. Uh, and I, I don't know, I think there's been like 13 million ounces of gold produced out of that Cambalda Lake Lafroy area. Um, and Goldfields, you know, have, have, you know, had an incredibly successful, profitable gold mining business. So the nickel didn't interest them so much. As the name suggests, they're a gold company. Um, and these assets have had no exploration work, really, of any consequence in 20 years. So Ed Ainsco, who's the MD of Lunnan, and his exploration manager, uh, Aaron Well, um, were ex-WMC um, guys. WMC were a preeminent you know, geoscience company. Uh, and those assets just remain fallow. Now, they've gone and punched some holes into this area, which is you know, come up with this extremely exciting, and it's going to get bigger. The resource that they've got that you mentioned is going to get bigger. Um, but it's shallow. It's, well, certainly for Cam the Cambalda sort of geology, it's shallow. But this this West Ido open pit that was mined by Western Mining for gold is only 300 metres away. So they could potentially put a portal into the side of that, that pit and access the Baker ore for a very limited capex. What um can you explain the how the rights the mineral rights work with Lunnan and it says St Ives Gold Mining Company so it says Lunnan Metals currently holds hundred percent of the mineral rights at to certain rights retained by St Ives Gold Mining Company. Yeah, there are there are some excised bits on Lunnan's ground where St Ives retain the gold rights. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah. I- I get you now. I, yeah, look, London is really focused on the nickel opportunity because they will, they will be able to get into production and pay them, you know, pay the whatever sort of small amount of capital, relatively small amount of capital for a mining operation back because they don't have to build the processing facility. They sell the ore to BHP Nickel West. <clears throat> yeah, so they're, they're so it's about that capital. That, issue. that processing side is yeah. someone else's problem. So they have a relatively low capital hurdle, and 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 it is such a sweet 
ore body and is so easily accessible that they'll be able to pay. So look, really quite intentionally, mm. they're focused on on the nickel opportunity and particularly, you know, beyond Baker, the nickel opportunity that exists in the assets that they've acquired over the course of the last six months mm. from Goldfields. They've, so they've, uh, they've acquired those new assets, um, Silver Lake and Fisher from Goldfields. Beautiful, right, Aurelia Minerals. So uh, it was reported in the AFR that they were raising uh, 60 million bucks. Uh, they, yeah, had a pause, uh, they had a pause in trading and then come out in response to media speculation on the same day that they released their uh, feasibility study for their federation mine in um, New South Wales and haven't announced anything about capital raising. Uh, yeah, bit of bloody. Uh, I, I don't think they'd be too happy with the AFR because no, there's obviously they obviously spilt on. the beans before that deal could actually be completed. Yeah, and just putting the 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 deal or the potential for the deal out there in the media has kind of you know created the share price in, and I suppose the whole opportunity may have evaporated. So. It's, um, how, how do they? Um, how can how can the AFR actually release something that isn't publicly released on the stock market? Like that, isn't it a no-brainer that a cap raising yeah. is something that comes out as an ASX well, announcement? I think. They, or did they think it was publishing rumours? Right, I suppose. You know they have so yeah, they have sources, um, and you know how accurate those sources are, how accurate that news is, is. Because it's very specific. Well, we'll never it's, know. It's very specific that they were saying that. They, were, it's not, they weren't saying they were going to raise money. They were saying they were raising $60 million, So, it's And and that um, Bank of America were on the ticket. And, you know, it was all – so it, it, it did seem to have – there obviously was some element of truth to it. Yeah. But, but the leaking of it has kind of, you know, wrecked the company's opportunity to actually complete the deal. Yeah, because they, they haven't announced anything today or this morning, they haven't, I'm pretty sure. So – No. Um, yeah, New South Wales. What's happening in the landscape over there? Yeah, well, I mean, New South Wales is, is um, you know, they have some of the largest, longest life, most valuable you know, mines in Australia over there. Um, you know, we sit over here in, in WA. Well, you're a New South Welshman, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you think, yeah, you think. We think we're massive over here. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a good year for state of origin anyway. No, what happened there? It was, mate, when the, when the Blues came to Western Australia, they, they did all right. Yeah, we go. They've got to keep here. playing over we here. We just need to play three games over here and we'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. But there's, um, yeah, there's a lot of, obviously a lot of base metal exploration coming in because the, the Federation deposit, that's so um, lead zinc primarily, a bit of copper. Um, so the, there's these big porphyry mines over porphyry deposits over there that are being mined so you know we've got a company that we work with called rimfire pacific they are quite close to north parks which is one of these big porphyry operations chinese owned majority chinese owned with some uh, japanese ownership as well um but yeah these are the these are the sort of 60-year mines that that are you, you don't find too many of them big low-grade high ton high volume homogenous sort of ore bodies um, that just lend themselves to very long life, you know, solid year in, year out profitability, multi-elements. Um, and yeah, Rimfire, which is the company that we're working with, has got a, a JV with a company, a private company called um, Golden Plains Resources, who are funding most of the exploration activity. And Rimfire are out there in the Lachlan origin, um, near a town called Firefield, which a lot of their activities going on at the moment. And they, 
they um, are exploring for critical minerals, so copper, but also platinum group elements. Yeah, and they've oh, actually PGA, got they're a good flavour, aren't they? These yeah. Days? yeah, and and you know this goes back longer than anyone um, you know, around is you know can can remember. But you know, I think in the late nineteenth century, early twentieth century, the um, more platinum has been produced from ground that Rimfire Pacific currently have got under JV with Golden Plains than anywhere else in Australia. Yeah. So alluvial production at a place at a, at a prospect called Platina Lead um, has been, you know, the most prolific um, platinum-producing area in Australia. So, we, you know, obviously a lot of the world's platinum is produced elsewhere, South Africa and Zimbabwe and places like this. Yeah. But, um, you know, we've got companies like um, Chalice and... Uh, What's Galileo mm. that are sort of talking, you know, big the big sort of PGE metals mines of the future. Um, good yeah. spot, good spot for good spot to live for that. Um, the chalice job just up up in the bush, a couple of hours north of Perth. It's bloody too easy, man. Beautiful. Yeah, home every night. Yeah, that's right. Small I mean, graft all on these the people, all these people that have been, you know, the the best mines in the exploration world. Have been driving right past that to go out to places like Kalgoorlie and Meekathara and wherever for so long. I've been yeah. driving over the deposit, you know. So yeah. Yeah, this goes to show you just never, you know, you gotta you gotta keep the, these these. You gotta chuck a drill bit in it. Yeah. Well, these these exploration guys have they, like you gotta let them, you know, come up with their weird and wonderful theories because sometimes they come off. Mm, exactly. Uh, West African resources in the news for the. Uh, coups, which I think was about the sixth or seventh that uh, Richard Hyde's been through since he's been at the helm of West African resources. Um, I know the precision guys said uh, the trading strategy is by the coup. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> whether, whether, yeah. So, what do you think of that, Steve? Advised as uh, <laughs> business as usual. Thoughts on West African resources? Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's been some nasty sort of militia that have been patrolling the north of Burkina Faso with Kalishnikovs for quite a long time, making the place pretty dangerous. Mm. Um, you know, Richard Hyde and the West African guys, you know, have been in the south of the country um, where it's it, it's hardly, you know, the safest place on earth, but 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 with the, the right strategies around sort of risk um, and um, security, they can probably get through and they have been able to do an incredible job building that on time and on budget. Um, it's a very profit, the San Brado operation, very profitable, very impressive. And they think that they can keep going, but um, so they've, they've suggested that, you know, guidance 220 to 240,000 ounces is unchanged. Um, yeah. So, you know, look, they're in the Brimian Greenstone belt, which, you know, that's, uh, it goes through other countries, uh, Mali, um, Ghana, uh, Guinea. There's probably others, um, and and one of the companies that we work with is in Cote d'Ivoire. Now the, the, there's 61 million ounce plus gold deposits that have been discovered in that Brumian gold greenstone belt. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah, 
Uh, go go back to the go back to your equities experience back in the day, Steve. I'm sure it's not that much of a distant memory for you, but how much of a say a premium would you attach to resources in places like Burkina Faso or Mali? Premium you, or discount? Pre, oh, um, yeah. So yeah, well, sorry, sorry, discount to the the yeah. um, <clears throat> price, but how much you have to take into account for the sovereign risk for equivalent deposits to say something that's in Kalgoorlie or... Oh, my knowledge wouldn't be able to provide a, an equivalent, but my experience would say that they're always high-grade deposits and that's what draws companies to, yeah, to there. So um, they're high-grade, low-cost because the, um, the nature of the people working there. But look, there's been some great examples of those... West African companies have done extremely well over time. Um, it's part of the territory. You've got to have the odd, what was it, buy the coup? Buy the coup, yeah. Yeah, so um, which correlates to my way of investing. You, you you be a contrarian to the market at times and that can really hold you in good stead, but uh, it needs to be high grade. Now, Steve, I wanted to get into your, when you were talking the other day about the, uh, the revival of Ravensorpe. Give us, the, yep. give us a spiel on uh, what's happening down Ravensorp Way. Um, well, there's there's a lot of development. You've got First Quantum down there as well, um, producing nickel. Um, they bought the old BHP Rav 8 deposit. Um, got you Mount got Catlin too, eh? Mount, Mount Catlin, Catlin, which is right next door to Medallion. Um, that uh, mine is, uh, I think it's coming to an end, but they continue to find um, product. Uh, and then you've got Nickel Search, which uh, Medallion are the largest shareholder. So they've got um, the nickel project down there that they're about to under or start drilling down there, which is the first lot of drilling that's been done down there for a long, long time. So similar to Medallion, um, you know, that there was a resource, a gold resource um, deposit, and they've expanded on that through a lot more infill drilling um, around Cundip. Um, but look, it's a fantastic location, and I think that's evident that Fortescue are now gone down there this year and pegged some ground, um, which is very close to. Is that under Fortescue? Through Fortescue? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, right. but it's it's a great location, um, five hundred and fifty kilometres from Perth. Great infrastructure. BHP spent a lot of money down there, um, developing the town and also uh, the infrastructure down there. So they've got an airstrip and everything. So, um, yeah, look, I think it's one of those regions that was probably ignored for a long, long time um, um, and which will certainly – a lot of focus will be there in the next com in coming years. Because what's Medallion scale? How much are they – how much how much ground they got down there? What's they got the about resource? forty six square kilometres, I think. Um, I'd need to check my records for that to give you the exact figure, but I think it's around that. Yep. Um, so yeah, the district scale, um, which is fantastic. Yep. So is that it? Might be like a similar to similar to a Cam Bowder. There might be a bit of a revival, as you said. Medallions down there. Fortescue's pegging down ground down there like Cam Bowder was a bit of a ghost town yeah. for a while and now it's just with all these new nickel nickel deposits coming and operations coming online it's just uh and the town's very to, friendly what is it the swinging arms is back swinging again <laughs> <laughs> the town's very friendly like Medellin has pretty much all their permitting and licensing in place 
Um, so they're de-risked to that perspective. Um, you've got a campsite down there. So the town is very supportive of mine, mining down there. What's their um, time frame? For um, where what's the uh, news, news flow for the next year? Uh, or two? News flow. They started just started another ten thousand meter drilling program, uh, which will uh, come have a resource upgrade in November, which will include seventeen thousand meters that were drilled at the start of this year. So, look, there'll be certainly a significant upgrade to the resource there, um, and I think that will lead to a, a decision on looking at the feasibility of um, making it a project. Is there what infrastructure is down there at the moment, processing was Is there any any processing capacity down there? We've got there? Galaxy next door, yep. uh, Mount Catlin. Yep. Um, that processing plant's got a lot of capacity. Yeah. Um, so that's the interesting interesting one. But I think it goes back to also that you, you I'm a believer that you're going to see a lot of um, consolidation in the sector because – you talk about the cost of these plants, and we we're talking before about one point six billion dollars for um, that lithium project, and mm. you know those costs are continuing to escalate um, through product, labour, and so forth. So, mm. I think there may be a, a consolidation of some of the existing infrastructure, or that's there, will need further um, resources to feed the mine um, or the processing. So, I think. A lot of companies are starting to look at, especially now that value's been lost with the the fear in the market and the volatility. Mm. Um, I was just talking to Lucas about that today. That fear overrides the asset sometimes, so investors mm. forget about what the asset's really worth, and um, um, it's not until that fear dissipates do they, that the, the asset comes to life again, and people realise, oh. We didn't realise it was they, they developed this, or so it's it's a challenge for companies that maybe rely on capital to advance their projects. That's a challenge because capital markets are closed. But those that can, when the cycle does change again, or you know the the volatility is dropped and the risk is lifted by investors, um, you see really sharp consolidation and asset values being valued differently. So. At the moment, like the markets are dirt, markets are probably down to a, yeah. the lower levels. What there still seems to be some capital raisins. It's not not completely dead out there. No, it's, uh, there's still a lot of cash on the sidelines. Hmm. I think the market's balancing out where this, how well, where interest rates are going to go, and yeah. are they going to be able to stop inflation? Um, that's a global problem. Um, you know, you talk, you listen, read it, economists, and they're talking about that they have to raise rates. There's no stopping that. Mm. Um, but where where's it going to land? And will it send economies into recession, um, stagflation? It's probably the worst kind of inflation. Um, that's what the market's betting on at the moment. So we're coming into AGM, and we're going down another path now. We're talking about markets, but we're going into the report, AGM season where there'll be a lot of updates, and I think that will really see where markets are heading. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's why there's probably – I haven't checked the daily volumes of recent time, but it looks as though it's pretty illiquid out there because there's some sharp moves in stocks over small volume, yep. which as a barometer is always a good indicator to be buying because it's not being driven by true thematics. It's being driven by supply-demand. Because And what are the – the figures that are going to come out that be negative towards um, 
I guess, market movement for AGM. So it'd be a lot of the cost pressure would be a big yeah, one. Yeah, so if, they, if yeah. there's a consistent theme coming out that, um, you know, um, the next six months are not looking great and we're expecting downgrades or... Guidance, yep. You know, the market will start responding. And to a degree, it may already be there. It may have already factored a lot of that in. Um, we'll see that pretty early in the AGM season. Yep. Look forward to it. God, everyone's mm. bloody. Don't sell everything, everyone, because you, <laughs> you never get it back otherwise. Yeah, God, I've done that before. Um, now, DeGray, we talked about the other day, 130 mil cap raise. I think 20 million as well is on a share purchase plan on top of that. Yeah, big big capital. Yeah. Sorry, uh, well, it's a big, exciting, exciting big capital project. rise, but it's third, a- going to be the third biggest gold mine in Australia. Yeah. To grow, yeah, behind Boddington and Cadia. Yeah. Yeah, big- yeah so Cadia back in the New South Wales, Lachlan Origin. But, mm. um, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a massive exploration success story, to grow. And, you know, they've, they've discovered 10 million ounces uh, since since they they, they they really first um you know stumbled across the hemi de- deposit um not that many years ago so you know good on them um it is it is a going to be a really impressive long life mining asset that's going to generate a lot of value for a long time for western australia um so uh, go gold and gold road uh so gold road are, are a major shareholder i think yeah. that they yeah they they took over um a company called DGO um, that had a major shareholder in degre- a major shareholding in Degray, um, and so the idea is that somewhere along the way, Gold Road and Degray may merge, or yep. Gold Road may take over Degray. And we're Gold, Gold, Gold Road, Road are obviously in the JV with Goldfields at the Gruyere yeah, project, Gruyere in the um, yeah eastern yamana district so to that end i, I make i make mention um cosmo metals uh, is a company that um ipo'd i don't know um i think earlier this year maybe in february um and they they have on their board the exploration geologist that's credited with the discovery of the Gruyere mine, well, at least one of them, um, Ziggy Lubinecki, and forgive me if I... Geez, you've done that well. I forgive reckon. me if I butchered your name, Ziggy. Um, but, um, uh, you know, he's regarded as the godfather of the Yamana district in terms of exploration. Yeah. Um, Gruyere is, you know, towards the sort of the, the eastern part of that, of that district. Um, Cosmo's ground uh, is probably more prospective for base metals, than it is for gold and is about 25 kilometres west of Gruyere, but they really benefit from the fact that all the roads and power infrastructure and everything have been built, you know, to get out to Gruyere. So, yeah, it's just a, an interesting side fact that, you know, they've they've got uh, Ziggy on board. He's generated a lot of value in that district and hopefully, you know, the Cosmos exploration activity, um, you know, they, they can replicate it. Yeah, in a base metals context. Well, they—they, they, I think I heard the other day. You'd rather a, you want a lucky geologist rather than a smart one. <laughs> <laughs> so Doesn't do Ziggy's, you any harm. Hopefully, Ziggy's got a bit of that behind Yeah. Um, and uh, Annex, they're up that way. Well, too, Annex right? are up, up in the Pilbara. So, Annex, um, you know, they have—they're at the Wim Creek um, Copper Zinc project, which they're looking to. Um, restart. Um, it hasn't been in production since Straits Resources um, operated a, an SXEW um, um, copper production 
operation there sort of wrapped up in 2009. But it, production at Wim Creek, you know, goes back to the 1880s. And actual Hemi or the, or the I think it's the Molina um, deposit that, that is part of DeGray's ground um, is, 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 is sort of westernmost sort of deposit that they've got. It's not actually that far away from where Annex are and Annex mm. have got some Hemi style geology that they've actually intersected in some drilling, which gives them some encouragement that there may be some real gold prospectivity alongside the, Along the, the copper, copper and zinc. Yeah. Explain, explain to me because um, so develop have a 20% yep. free carry um, JV partnership with uh, Annex and uh, just explain how the partnership works, the JV, yeah, the percentages so, and what 20% free carry means. Yeah. So uh, develop changed their name, I don't know, a year ago or something from VentureX. VentureX had the Wim Creek project, which they um, had, had acquired some time before, and then they went and acquired um, the uh, Sulphur Springs um, copper project, which is also in the Pilbara, and probably diverted their attention towards that. Um, before they became developed, which is before they recruited this very high-profile managing director, Bill Beamont, that you know had made a name for himself at you know, the business that you're so familiar with. Mm. Um, and I believe he's been a subject of your um, uh, podcast interviews. We had before. a yarn about that. I sent him a message. I said, hey, can you give your thing a share for me and do me a favour? And he did. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Appreciate that, mate. Yeah. Because uh, I saw in the um, – it was either the Annex or the Develop announcement. It said 20, Develop has a 20% free carry interest. What does the free carry mean? Well, it means just that, that, yeah. that they, they don't pay um, their way for the expiration and, and um, pre-development sort of um, costs. So the costs associated with the expiration, the costs associated with yep. um, the DFS uh, until such time as there is a final investment decision okay. made by the joint venture yep. okay. to, to progress to a, you know, a, a mine. Yeah, and, so, and would that be – so when it gets to that final investment decision to – would develop have options to acquire more of a percentage of No, I don't or- believe so. I mean, if they wanted to acquire more, they would have to find some other corporate strategy to do that. Yeah. Um, As in buying shares of yeah, that. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, making a takeover bid or whatever. I mean, that's not to suggest that that's, you know, a, a likely proposition. But, yeah, but, um, yeah if they wanted to um, acquire the 80%, they'd have to do it in the same way as everyone else, I suppose, and that's yep. – um, you know, try and gobble up annex, but yep. yeah, who knows? I mean, develop have got obviously have got you know a lot of expertise in terms of the the, the engineering, the, the mining engineering side of things. So they'd be a fantastic joint venture partner for that reason. Yep. Um, and for the capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's right. They, you know, that that they've been there, done that when it comes to funding and building and you know mining operations and doing it successfully and generating a lot of value for shareholders. So, you know, that they've got a very good working relationship, the two groups, Annex and, and Develop, and, and it's in both of their interests to see Wim Creek, you know, succeed. Yep. 
Well, before we go, you'd be mad not to give a couple of new clients of Corporate Storytime a bit of a plug. Yep. Well, I've got you here. Who's come on board? And as a possibly as a result of your interview with Life of Mine, I heard. But um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Well, like, mate, the, the interview with Life of Mine was, was huge. We've actually got someone uh, around the table at the moment who wouldn't be here were it not for um, – uh, that opportunity promote ourselves. So, oh, um, yeah. Happy to be. That's, that's Pete Morris, so, uh, uh, who's, who's visiting from Canberra or who's visiting crowd. from West Texas via <laughs> China, via Hong Kong, via, you know, um, Canberra and, and is now lobbed in Perth. So, good um, future podcast there, Pete. Absolutely. We, we have picked up some new clients. We really appreciate working with some new exciting companies and management teams. Um, one of the companies, um, Elmore uh, Limited, run by a guy called Dave Mandelowitz, who probably made his name um, at FMG um, in the um, exploration and sort of business development sort of teams there. And has also been, you know, previously has, has got experience as CEO of ASX listed mining companies as well. Um, they're an interesting company. They um, are, are, are trying to... Um, bring value to small ore bodies by um, deploying um, their own mobile um, plant and equipment um, for processing. So so small ore bodies that would otherwise need to either get big or give it up um, can actually, you know, find low capex um, opportunities to um, use someone else's kit. So in that way, I suppose they're like a, a mini mineral resources mm. who basically build and operate um, you know, th this plant and equipment. So a like little hide, take it up, take it down, take it to the next joint yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah right. they can they can put it on the back of a truck and take it to the next operation after after it's been deployed. You know, to to help you know, get some value out of out of small um, bespoke sort of mining opportunities. So they've they've actually they've actually gone one step further and and have acquired um, the Pico Magnetite. And um, base metals um, operation in the Northern Territory, which is basically seeing them go from being a mining services mining contractor, um, a processing contractor, to being a mining operation um, of in their own right. So they actually built and commissioned this particular plant um, for for magnetite production, um, and then saw themselves into an opportunity to actually acquire the the, the, the mineral rights as well. So. That's pretty exciting, and they'll be. We expect that they'll have their first shipment of magnetite um, going out of the port of Darwin in the next month or two. Um, so that's an interesting one. And then Shorefire Resources is another one that, that um, you know um, we, we picked up. Um, Steve's working alongside the the team, Kane Fogarty, um, uh, Roger Nikolenko um, at at um, Shorefire, and they've got um, a, a couple of um, really interesting. Um, exploration projects in Western Australia. One of them, a lot of them in the Midwest. Um, there's a vanadium project um, called uh, Victory Bore, and then there's another project um, which is the, the Perenjury Iron Ore project as well. So vanadium is a very uh, going to be a very hot topic, I think, with the new battery. I've just come from a vanadium battery showcase today, and it's okay. uh, very impressive technology with. Um, the whole how vanadium batteries work compared to the vanadium mine. flow, yeah, yeah. vanadium electrolytes doesn't degrade. Unlimited, uh, take it down to zero and charge it back up. Compare you just, a lot of things you can do with vanadium batteries that you cannot do with lithium. Yes, um, and but uh, there's the trade off of abundance and cost. But yes, the abundance might might become more abundant soon. 
So yeah, very, that's it's, right. a, it's pretty exciting. Well, I know, technology. I know that Surefire are, are at sort of you know feasibility stage work with their Vanadium project, and they're pretty fired up about it. And, you know, they've 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 got a they've got a gold project, and you know that, that, that there's a couple of other irons in the fire there as well. But um, you know, I think that the um, the iron ore project, the Vanadium project, are the things that they're really sinking their teeth into, and sort of you know, spending some money to develop the moment geez you're gonna you may as well put some job ads out too here mate you're gonna need some more people to be looking after all these new clients oh that's all i've got pd for so yeah yeah well that's right mate we, um, i'll be your advert your recruiting poster boy yeah if you want. well it's a good problem to have but um yeah we've got to make sure we don't run ourselves into the ground i suppose if you can keep if we can keep up one podcast episode per one new employee I think you'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> we're one from one. So, so what is far. that? Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. we're doing it monthly, aren't as we? As long as you get one. So we're, we're, we're going to be uh, <laughs> six times the size in 12 months. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you might end up bloody, you, you'll be low. Our wages are too bloody high now, Matty. You're going to have to ease up on it. Now, Tui, thanks very much for that, mate. It was a good bloody rundown of what's happening. And um, Thanks, Matty. From... Uh, Good coverage of the big news and a couple of your clients. So, uh, yeah, no, we'll look forward to it in a month's time, Let's mate. do it in a month's time, mate. And, yeah, and, I mean, by then you're going to be um, a, a man of leisure. You're not going to be You're not going to be oh. getting on that on that plane every other week. I'll be um, – she's stressful times. Uh, yeah, it should work, hopefully. She'll be right, mate. She'll be right. I'll have to go back to work. We're already um, – there's a – what do they say? Money doesn't buy happiness, but um, – since me and the missus have started talking about uh, budgeting and everything, we seem to argue a lot more. So <laughs> I reckon it does buy happiness. <laughs> uh, yeah. It doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Yeah, you don't see many people walking around Cottesloe with a no. friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I stole that quote yeah. from um, Matt Keenan at Entech. Uh, Thanks for that crack as you said it today. So, right, good on you, mate. Thanks very much. Look forward to hearing uh, Thanks, more in a month's time.